What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast. Oof. It's Oof. a big game coming up Wednesday night. Yeah, game is. number five. Golden One Center in Sacramento Kings Warriors. One team will be one game closer to advancing to the second round. The other team will be on the brink of elimination. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere, and I think the Kings got some good news today. De'Aaron Fox was at practice he participated in the Kings' non-contact practice. He got shots up, and he even talked to the media following practice. A lot to go over as we look ahead to game number five. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm great. I'm, you know, just loving playoff basketball right now all around. I got to soak a little bit more in from around the league. Last night, I feel like I've been so locked into Kings that I haven't really been enjoying other basketball. And man, it's just been fun all the way around. For and we have yeah. also witnessing the funnest series, oh. playoff series right now in person every single game. It is one of the interesting things about the Kings being back in the playoffs. And on a Kings game day, we're usually so busy that you do miss all the other games. So last night, being able to watch Jimmy Butler take mm. over. Mm. And seeing the end of that weird Grizzlies-Lakers game. Yeah. It was fun to just watch other games. But the big game, as Morgan mentioned, is game number five, Kings and Warriors. Yesterday, around this time, yeah, Kings fans were pretty nervous. Kings fans were really nervous after the news of De'Aaron Fox fracturing the tip of his index finger on his shooting hand against the Warriors. People wondered, is he going to play? What's going to happen? He was listed as doubtful. I'm, I'm going to say something real fast, more. Yeah, what are you going to say? I'm proud of playoff deuce. Oh, this is not um, uncommon I, for you to compliment yourself, but I don't do proceed. This. I don't do this often. No, no, no. I didn't hit the panic button yesterday. I said, you know what? Let's see what it is tomorrow. Let's see what it looks like this week. We both said, I think he's going to try to give it a go. Yeah. And he was back on the practice floor today. I'll say this, going into practice, which was around 1230, we both were like, we're probably not going to see Fox at all. Uh-uh. Like, we're prob- they're probably going to hide him. If he's out there, yep. he's going to be off in the corner. We get in there. Not only is he on the court, he's like shooting. And we're like, oh, okay, they're showing him. And then 
we're standing around and he comes to the court closest to us and he continues to shoot. We're waiting. We talk to Davion Mitchell. We're and then they now. bring Davion, excuse me, they bring Davion over. And after Davion was done, Fox came over yeah. and talked to the media. For like 10 minutes. Yeah. It was, it was, um, I think today was one of those days that um really helped a lot of Kings fans. You know, I even you're right, you didn't panic really quick, but you did call me when the news broke and you said, We have some bad news. And I was like, No, that's not how I said it. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Yes, yes, just no one's like gonna that. Get that reference no, it's okay. some people might get it. But either way, when you called me and told, I freaked out a little bit, and then I started getting call from NBC people, and then I remember my mom saying, "It's all over. This is awful." Today, very, very encouraging at practice. Even today. your dad said, oh, "Do I even go to Game 5? No, he joked about that. He did. <laughs> so. Here's the good news. It sounds like De'Aaron Fox is going to play. I asked him how he was feeling after practice. Well, let's uh, go ahead and play that. Uh, I feel all right. You think I'd be able to go? Uh, most likely, yeah. I mean, uh, for me right now, it's just a tolerance on, like, the pad of my finger, making sure I can shoot the ball. How, how different was, was shooting feeling with, with that thing on? Um, as, a, as we got going, as... Kind of the pain started going away. Um, I felt like I didn't do my normal shot, so I think I'll be good. Oh, uh, the ball handling action was fine. Like as soon as I got out, uh, dribbling and passing was was fine. So uh, for me, the most the most important thing was was could I shoot uh, as pain free as I, as possible. It's gonna be the cliche. If it feels regular season. Probably don't play. Sit out for a week or two. See how it feels. Uh, but right now, there's no no if ands or buts. Uh, I'm. I'm playing. I don't. I don't think it's a big deal. But obviously, uh, depending on how much it gets hit and things like that, then I feel like um, the pain will increase. But if it was to stay the exact same way it is right now, I'll be fine. What's that? Did you say it's on? It's the inside of my index finger on my left hand. Yeah. So there's De'Aaron Fox talking to the media after practice today. No ifs, ands, or buts. He is playing in Game Five. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised that he was going to try to give it a go. I think that he's just a tough guy, one. Sabonis yeah. is super tough. And even, even if you're questioning whether or not he could go, he was going to try at practice. Yep. He tried today. I thought the good news out of that clip was he said his ball handling hasn't been impacted, and he was shooting after practice, took a lot of shots. What jumped out to you about what De'Aaron had to say today at practice? Well, what he had to say, you know, I, I obviously that's what you want to hear, but I think the difference that we've noticed from De'Aaron Fox and his interactions with media and the way he goes about things this year, his confidence, there's nothing fake about it, right? Like, like he's not just saying something to say something or to um, have someone put out a narrative or to persuade someone, yeah, I'm 100%, I'm good or whatever. Like, he's very transparent, very blunt with things that he says. Uh, and I, I love that he was very much himself today, but then Deuce, watching him shoot before, or I'm sorry, before he came over to the media, but after practice, I felt very 
encouraged with the way that that ball was coming off his fingertips and everything. Obviously, I'm not staring down every single shot, analyzing every single shot that went in and out. I know Sam Amick even had a tweet. He's like, in this clip, I know he was only one for six from three. I wasn't really even looking at that. I was mostly looking at the way that the technique and the way that it was coming off of his fingertips. And everything looked really natural, really normal. He didn't seem like he was in pain doing it. I think right. there's just a natural adjustment to having something on your finger when you're not used to having something on your finger. I know a few reporters put out what that looked like, including Anthony Slater over at The Athletic and then Chris Tavares over at uh, Fox 40. And I'm going to put this on the screen now so people can get a good cool. glimpse of it. But um, yeah, it's it's wrapped up on the front. You could see, but when we show you the backside, I guess that'd be the front of the finger. The front of the finger is exposed a little more, right? So it, there's no padding on it. Yeah. So he feels like he can still touch. Love right? that. Touch the ball. Love that. Because then that, look at that. You could see that the padding being on the back of the finger isn't going to alter like the ball and the yes. way that obviously he can still feel it's It's all about that touch. And there's going to be a little bit taken away with some of that tape, but... I mean, what a fantastic tape job. Can we break down the wrapping of this right now? <laughs> so that's the good news is that De'Aaron Fox seems like he is prepared to play. Um, he was also talking about how that injury happened when it happened. Uh, I think it was like halfway through, this, through, the, through the fourth. It was one of the plays I was driving and Jordan and, and Wiggs both swung at it. Um, that's when I... Uh, that's when I first felt it. So that's when he first felt the injury. We And that was around the 632 mark of the fourth quarter. Fox is still able to do some damage in the game. I was looking at some of his misses kind of post that injury. Yeah. I mean, he had some big shots after that injury too, but he, he had some misses. The misses, it was Andrew Wiggins blocking a mid-range shot. Just incredible defense by Wiggins. Okay. Another where Fox got the ball late shot clock, was forced to launch a three. Tough look contested missed he was short on a couple of other shots including a floater over Kavon Looney so with that said all right he's gonna try to give it a go it seems like he's going to play right he's on some pain medication and now the question is how effective can he be because the reality is you know Draymond you know all those guys defending him are going to be trying to swipe down on that hand tomorrow tomorrow draw some contact what what do you think that's going to be like I I think um He's such a quick, smart player that I I feel like it's not going to alter much on how he plays. I think his where he is mentally, he's so him and the rest of the team are so composed, so much stronger than they ever have been. So I'm not worried about that getting in the way. I think I'm more worried about the technique of the shot from far away, right? Like we've seen some sexy step back threes from deer and Fox throughout the season and in this series, what is that going to look like? And then also you go into him getting into his spots, right? In the paint. Sometimes those shots change. It becomes more of a floater. Sometimes it becomes more of just like a, a nice pure mid range jump shot. Is that taping? Is that hand? Uh, is that finger going to alter the way that that looks when he gets to his spot? Are those shots not going to be as effective? And if that is the case, De'Aaron Fox needs 
needs to alter his game just a little bit if those are not falling because of his injury. And by doing so, he's still going to draw a lot of attention into the paint, which is just going to mean a lot of open threes that need to be made. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how he approaches things because he was definitely taking threes today. And right. it wasn't as if he was missing all of them. I mean, he missed some, he made some. I, I don't know. We didn't like keep a tally of the makes and misses. He's comfortable shooting the three still. So I don't know. I, I think he's going to be fine tomorrow. I do. I don't think if, if he's good to go, he's going to play. And he mentioned if it was regular season game, he might sit a week or two, whatever. But this is the playoffs. Get some pain medication. Get it all worked out. Let's go. And this is what you do. Everyone's kind of banged up this time that, of year. And that's Everyone's what he said got too. something going on. But you got to fight through some things. I think he is willing to try to fight through this and see how it responds in the game. I think, too, there's we talk about the adrenaline he had at the end of the last game after the injury happened. You can kind of keep playing because of the adrenaline. Uh, I think there's going to be some extra juice in that building tomorrow night. Game five, Golden One Center. This is the game. Oh. This is oh. such a significant game for the Sacramento Kings. You don't want to lose three in a row and then be forced to go win a game six on the road in San Francisco. No, you want to take care of business on the home floor. I think the crowd's going to respond just because it's a game five. I think the crowd's going to respond because De'Aaron Fox is playing after mm -hmm. all this. And they're going to respond because it's the first time they're seeing Draymond Green since he stomped on Demonis Sabonis. Oh. Yeah, I think it will be a, a fun environment at Golden One Center. And I, I think if you're a Warriors fan, a hostile environment. And I think that doesn't just go for what's happening in the crowd. I think that goes for what's happening on the court. These guys, they're playing such competitive, high-level basketball. I mean, what we're witnessing right now in the chippiness and things just... But, like, there's respect for one another, right? Like, it, it hasn't gone too far until there was a stomp involved, right? That was the moment that's like, yeah. all right, we got to make sure we're changing up something so nobody's going to get hurt with some ridiculous play. But... Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be a really fun environment, but I think the Kings do a great job of feeding off that. One of my favorite things so far in this series, dudes, you and I, we don't usually travel for um, away games. So being able to experience an opponent's crowd and not just not comparing to Golden One Center, because I really believe like almost nothing compares to Golden One Center, but you can still feel how it can get to you when the crowd is not rooting for you and they're rooting obviously for the other team it can get it it can get annoying it can get um difficult to run through the momentum shift is really there especially with the yeah. energy of a crowd and that's why i think for the kings they just got to make sure that they're not coming in there and giving off any sort of like desperate energy because they shouldn't be desperate in this one. I know we talk about how important this game is, but truly they just got to come in there with that confident kind of energy. And I think the crowd will um, mirror that. You've broken your finger before yeah. playing. What finger was it? The so, index or the middle, the middle finger. Was, okay. I'm so not flipping anyone off. Yeah. It's my middle finger. And, um, but I, I broke it just like I was trying to stretch before practice and you were out for like three months. Probably, <laughs> no, or no, you you're keep such playing? a dick. You I, kept playing? Well, that practice I kept playing cause I didn't know. And so, but I did it really quick, just stretching my arms on a net. And then I came back down and the net, like got my finger got caught in the net and I'm like, ow, that really hurt. 
I played through practice, didn't even put a splint on it or anything because I just didn't know. And then it wasn't until the next day I was like, oh God, things are bad. On my shooting hand too. Um, taped it up. Didn't wear, I wore splint on it when I wasn't playing. And then when I was playing, I just taped it up. I think the, the biggest difference too was stuff like, like everyone in the world knows about Fox's injury now. Yeah. You know? And yeah. So with that out there, you know how the NBA works, man. They, they're they're going to try to go at it a little bit, test it out. That's it. When you foul them, get a piece of that hand a little bit. You're playing against vets. They know what the hell they're doing. And like you said, the world knows about this finger of De'Aaron Fox's. So, yeah, it's going to be swiped down on. And I think for him, um, I that's the other thing too whenever i whenever i talk about oh the time that i played obviously it's such a lower level and everything not having the resources or even the knowledge of what else you could do i think they have so much surrounding that nowadays whether it goes from like uh numbing to pain pills to whatever it can do to uh, reduce something with the nerves or whatever it may be amputation amputation yeah. correct there's, whatever it takes to win a first round series there's so De'Aaron. many things that they can do nowadays that i just feel like he's he's gonna be good what a dog man we what got, a some, dog. We got some tough guys yeah let's, let's keep playing we don't care we have hand injuries slap my hand morgan break my finger now i want okay. to be just like fox okay you want me to can you imagine we just all come we in? take a hammer <laughs> yeah! yeah oh that hurts what is this podcast doing? Kids are kids are watching us and then going home and doing the same thing. Awful. Deuce and Moe said to break our fingers like just like Fox. I want to be like him. No, don't do that. Don't. Uh, you're tough without a broken finger too. Yeah. Um. So that's going to be obviously something to watch for game five. I think just the other thing too is staying composed yeah. Just because that is going to be annoying if you're Fox. Hey, it's all right, man. You know they're going to go after it. Keep keep fighting through it. Uh, th- this series, because of how competitive it has been, how good of a series it's been, we're, we're probably headed to some more chippiness. And you you know, D- Draymond is going to be Draymond. He's going to do his thing right away, just like he did in Game Four, where he was telling Keegan to get his bitch ass up. And then Fox had to come in there and talk smack back. Like, no. you just have to, you have to be careful with this stuff because they'll try to bait you and you have to make sure you can overcome that mentally. Well, I feel like we've been talking about that all series long, though, dude, saying, hey, you got to be careful with this. You got to be careful. And they've done such a great job of staying poised. And I think the only, the, I don't even want to say it's affected him because I don't know if it's necessarily all that. But when you look at Domas Sabonis in his series, I would say that it has messed with his game, but it's been mostly the physical play that has messed with his game. Like the, the good, the good defense that has messed with his game on that end of the floor. I think he's been thrown off mentally too, though. That's what I'm saying okay. though. I think, the I think that is, has a little bit to do with I it. I mean, I've even, I'm even talking about playing off of him a little mm-hmm. bit where it takes away those backdoor passes and they're like, yeah, go ahead. Totally. Shoot it. We've seen that so much in the NBA where now like it comes playoff time and these teams go, yeah, we're going to expose one of your perceived weaknesses. Like the Lakers last night. We're like, we're not going to worry about Dylan Brooks shooting oh threes. We're playing off of him, and we're going to make sure Ja can't get 
in the paint. Great ja, game plan. Obviously can still get in the paint, even if it's reckless sometimes. He still has that freak athletic ability, but they weren't even guarding Dylan Brooks. And for them, they're like, we just won't guard Sabonis. Yeah. Like, That's fine. Go shoot it. We dare you. And it just makes you think a little bit. And you don't. You don't want to start overthinking. You yep. just want to play basketball. Just yep. go out there. Because that's when you're playing your best. And obviously, that's when this team is playing their best. And Mike Brown talked about it a little bit today, too. Someone was asking about, it might have been Slater, asking about like having the pace and having these guys go, go, go. Having young guys and telling them to keep going. You know, like, what is that like? And he's he goes, when you're playing against the defending champs you don't want to get you don't want to allow them to set up like we're going to be much better just pushing it on them which is a great game plan and it is the truth and there's so many teams out there that that is not sustainable for but mike brown has done a great job of prepping this team um to be able to do that in possibly a seven game series the kings probably should have won game four if they don't have a, just a, a, you allow a 37 point third quarter. That third quarter. That was the difference. That was the difference in the game. And, you know, he talked about the hunting for fouls too. You just got to go out there and play your game. You push the pace, you play physical, feed off the crowd. I think the Kings are going to have a good shot in game number five. Speaking of Mike Brown, Morgan, here's what he had to say about game five of this series. It's really encouraging from the standpoint, again, you guys are freaking champions. They've been through it. This is our first time trying to figure out how to get past the first round. And again, you know, we may have had guys in the playoffs, but, you know, at what level and at what impact did they make to help their team get to the second round? Not only that, we're going against, like I said already, the NBA champions. So if you sit here and you ask me, how would you feel about 2-2? Uh, yeah, I wish it was 4-0 and we were moving on, but we're 2-2. We took care of what we supposed to at home. They took care of what they supposed to at home. Now it's a three-game series. Let's see if we got enough to get it, get it done. Break my finger. Just break it. Mike Brown's firing me up. Fox is firing me up because he's playing 18,000 plus. Going to fire me up tomorrow night. Yeah, it it's... It's going to be a wild atmosphere. And, you know, there, there are things definitely I, I'm looking forward to. A couple of them, we mentioned Fox playing. Can they get some bonus going in a more effective way? But can Kevin Herter just knock down some shots? You know, like Keegan Murray finally had kind of his coming out party in game four. Yeah. And he looked great. It wasn't just like catch and shoot. Keegan Murray played one of his best games of his NBA career, yep. his young NBA career. He just was putting the ball on the oh, floor, looking rebounding, confident. yeah, knocking down big shots, yep, timely shots. Kevin needs to see one go in, and so, he he's due. Like this is a guy who knocked down a ton of threes this year at a forty percent clip. Dude, I saw. Uh, I think the Kings put out a story. It was like an Instagram story, maybe a Twitter story, whatever, of Kevin Herter shooting before a game the last game and man it was just mwah, pure the way that it was his wrist was flicking it was this footwork going into it just you know it wasn't just like nonchalantly going into shots it was hard it was good when they're not falling in a game i usually feel like there's something else going on here like you want to talk about again what mike brown 
talked about last week when it came to Hezzy's and hesitating into that shot and what it can do to that flow and and not allowing that shot to be all in one rhythm. And I've talked about that all year long with some of these shooters. And Kevin Herter, I think you mentioned some of his shots being short in that last game. And that's he's just gotta gotta go back to the fundamentals and what he knows about not only basketball but about shooting the ball just in his purest form. And I think he's fantastic when he does do that. And Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together there's all these different papers there's all these different forms what do you do you listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast yeah because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business how about for some time off after an nba season even that sounds amazing so you know what you need to do listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app future you will thank you What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. That's just got to be letting them fly, but getting it out of your head. Yeah, and he's getting the shots in a different rhythm than he did in the regular season. Absolutely. Those dribble handoffs were coming... With ease uh-huh. for the Kings, right? It was one of the more efficient plays in basketball, the Herder Sabonis dribble handoff for three. Well, you're not going to get the same looks now. And, you know, I thought the first couple of games, the Warriors did a really nice job on him. The last couple, I think Herder's been getting some great looks that are not falling. And he's got to knock down shots. He's got to be able to knock them down when he gets them, keep shooting them, like you said, with confidence. And you have to think a couple of them are going to drop at some point. We saw it with Keegan in game four. Can Herter respond in game five on the home floor and maybe get this going? One other thing I'm watching, the Steph Curry minutes on and off. What do the Warriors look like with Steph on the floor versus off the floor? Uh, Kirk Goldsberry had some interesting numbers on this today in the series. And this is Steph Curry plus minus. Oh. The Warriors are plus 45 is in his 158 minutes on the court in this series. They are minus 38 in the 34 minutes when he is on the bench. Those are pretty significant numbers, Morgan, that they literally, the Kings, have totally dominated the non-Steph Curry minutes. And to dig a little deeper in that one, in game one, Golden State outscored Sacramento by 11 points. In Steph's 37 minutes, he played. In the 10 and a half minutes he sat, the Kings outscored the Warriors by 14 points. Wow. Game two, Kerr kept Curry on the court for 40 minutes and 46 seconds. The Warriors won those minutes by three points. As the other, what about the other seven minutes and 14 seconds? The Kings won those by 11 and won the game by eight. The trend continued in game four when Curry played a season-high 42 minutes and 42 seconds. The Warriors won those minutes by seven points, but lost the other 518 by six points. <sighs> so we know that they don't have the same depth, and the Warriors are cl- clearly a different team 
when he is off the floor. This is why I brought up after game four. I think Davion's going to play even more minutes yep. because when he's out there, out. if you can just force him into one or two misses that he would normally make because Davion is just on him and, and, and putting him in a tough situation, exhausting him, you're going to feel really good about it's if a, you can close that gap just a little bit. We, we always say with Steph Curry, there is no stopping him. But if you can exhaust him, which a guy who, by the way, championship caliber conditioning, right? But if you can somehow exhaust him, which we saw little glimpses of, that could be a great game plan. And obviously, Davion Mitchell is the guy for that. But the amount of attention that Steph commands when he's out there on the floor just allows his team to still create and do so much, even if he's not involved in the offensive possession. And, and that's why just making him run around, tire him out a little bit, try and let the other guys beat you. Even though the other guy, there's not, I'm not acting like the other guys are not anything because the way that they move the ball around um, and especially they'll get in that dunker spot, that little baseline cut and just make their offense look so easy without Steph at times. But yeah, you got, you, you mm. got to make sure you're just tiring out Steph Curry. Well, someone in the chat was mentioning this. I missed it. Sorry, I'm going to mess up the name, but, um, they were mentioning, why not just have Davion out there literally the entire game when Steph is out there? I well, wasn't he kind of trying to do that at some point? No, I mean, he hasn't played. He's a oh, match to right. minute for minute. You're right. I'm sorry. And, you know, it's funny that I mentioned that because I was thinking of uh, De'Aaron Fox and Steph Curry. I noticed Kerr at one point, I think it was game three, though, that he was matching every single time that De'Aaron was in. He wanted Steph in, and it was – yeah. Um, he only did that for like a half, I think. But still, yeah, if you had that going on with Davion Mitchell, you know, it's not like you're losing a whole bunch of offense. I, I, I think he's been able to show that he can still produce enough, you know, be enough of a threat on the offensive end. Um, and if Kevin Herter isn't shooting well, then why not go in that direction? Yeah, you just have to make life a little more challenging. And I, I just wonder if Steph can keep playing this amount of minutes as this, as this series goes longer. Like, can you play another 43 minutes? Game five, there's only a day off between five and six and six and seven. So that. you start wondering, can that end up being something that impacts this series? You mentioned that after game four, and I think that's something really to look at. Like, just... Just take a look at the fatigue factor with Steph Curry. If that ever clicks in, I know a lot of people will be like, he's 35, father times, like climbing up to him. Really, though, it will it will be more like, no, look at the space. Look at the time between games and the amount of minutes he's needed to play. Like, I'm hoping that comes into play when we're talking about the end of this series. What are some things that you're going to be watching for in game five? Well, how how tired Steph Curry is, how t how you can exhaust Steph Curry, if that's Davion, if that's De'Aaron, whoever that is. Um, the king shooting, are these shots falling? Are we letting them fly? Are we are are, are are these guys just settling for those outside shots when really they need to make sure that they're looking more for their mid-range game? Um, and then I guess a little bit on the individual side, hoping Keegan Murray can like maintain this type of play. But Malik Monk, that's another guy. He's that X factor off the bench 
for the most part. Yeah, I mean, games one and two, he was great. That's what and I'm saying. And the Kings won both those games. And that's what you're just going to need it's that been again. a little more up and down. Yep. Game four, he had some nice moments. He also had some bad moments where you're going, what, what are you doing trying to just Chaotic. draw a foul, just throw it up there? And that's, he, he's he's been so, he's so fun to watch for sure, but he's chaotic. And sometimes that chaos is awesome. And sometimes you're like, no, no. How many times have you seen Malik Monk take a shot and you're going, no, 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 yes, and it goes in. So you have to live with some of that. But some of the stuff where you're driving recklessly on a couple of guys, there's no space whatsoever, and you're just throwing a looking ball out there. Looking for a foul before looking not, to make the shot. Right. My other question to you, what are you expecting from Domas Sabonis in game five? Do you have expectations? I, I think Sabonis's last game was actually. I didn't like the finish to it because I felt like he was doing the same thing hunting. That's fine. I thought what he did to f- to impact the rebounding in Game Four was great. Like he was not letting Looney control the glass like he has a lot in this series. And Looney's still going to get rebounds. The guy is a beast. He's strong. But if you look at it. He was shielding off guys and boxing out guys so his, his teammates could get the rebound. That's he did it. a great job on that. I, I thought they made it a point early on to go to Sabonis to try to get him going, and I, I kind of hope they do the same thing. Like they, They're going to need more. It's just the efficiency, right? People talk about, oh, well, his points are only down three compared to the regular season. Yeah, but when you're used to seeing a guy shoot like 60-plus percent, in the regular season, and it's dipping below 40, and there's mistakes being made out there, and he's missing a lot around the rim, that's going to impact you. He can't be falling down all the time. Stay upright. Got to stay in the position. And just keep battling. Yep. Keep battling. Like, Sabonis is obviously a stud, but he is being defended by a team that has been really good against centers. They can beat you up. They may not have a traditional, like, oh, my God, this guy's just a dominating big, but they have strength. Looney is a strong-ass dude. Oh, my God. Draymond Green it just always impresses me when Sabonis is trying to post him up and like Green's base. I'm like, how does he not get moved? Yep. So he's just got to keep battling and keep battling. And don't, don't freak out. Get the ball moving around. You I'm know? with you. It's, it's stay, stay, stay true to what helped you get here in the first place and it's so it's so much easier said than done when you have you're going up against a very smart team that has such a high level of experience in this league yeah that they know how to make adjustments from game to game but the sacramento kings (laughs) they're showing they do too and so hopefully this will be one of those home games for the kings that just ends up the right way Sabonis, I felt like, looked more like himself from a passing perspective in game four. He had 14 points, seven rebounds, eight assists, two turnovers. Coming into the game, he had 10 assists and 13 turnovers in the series. So, felt like things looked a little better. He's still not scoring at the effective rate that you would, efficient rate that you would expect from him. But I, I thought he found other ways to impact things. You, you think Draymond's starting? Yeah. I don't even, okay. I, yeah. It's like, it doesn't really matter when you look at what kind of went down last game, too. It's not like the Kings are getting off to this hot start with Draymond sitting on the bench or anything, so. Yeah, it's just, it's tough, right? I think they're tougher to defend when they don't start Draymond, but they're easier to go at right. when he's not on the floor. Right. So, 
It, it's a tough decision with Kerr, but he did end. He started the second half with Draymond in the starting lineup. I don't know. It's going to be... It's going to be fascinating. And I think the other element to this whole thing is the Warriors, for as good of a team as they are and have been, and you saw that in display the last couple of games, they, they haven't proven to win on the road. They haven't. And I still believe they can. I'm not pretending like they can't, but they haven't this year. Yeah. This is not like, oh, they kind of struggled. They're around 500. They've been one of the worst teams on the road all year long. Are they ready to come to Sacramento in a game five? Are they ready to not make mistakes and throw the ball everywhere? Are they going to make good decisions? Like, how locked in are they going to be? I think game five is going to tell the story of this series. I, no, I really do. Well, I think if the Kings lose, I just I think this series is done in six. I, I just can't imagine the Kings going on the road and winning a game six in San Francisco. It, it's hard to imagine because it's... So uh, w- with their backs against the wall. Like with that, their but. backs against the wall. It's... It's foreign to us, you know? I mean, being in Sacramento, it's not like you've seen much good basketball over the years, and now you're seeing all of a sudden just a leap in an organization with, I mean, with individuals and and a team as well, and it's just been fantastic. So that's why when you do think about these things, you've seen the Warriors year after year find a way to claw back and become champions. And with the Kings, you haven't seen that. So, yeah, it's obviously very hard to imagine that. I know. Makes me nervous. I Makes know. me nervous thinking about it. The other crazy thing that's come out from this series, how awesome it's been. Dude, the ratings for this series have been insane. Kings Warriors Game 4, it records the largest audience for a first-round NBA playoff game in 21 years. Let's go. The broadcast averaged 7.5 million viewers and peaked with 10.4 million viewers in that game. It was the most-watched first-round game since 2002 when the Blazers took on the Lakers in the first round. Wow. Yeah, yeah I mean, one, the Warriors are just, they draw. Everyone right? loves the They're Warriors, draw. yes. But this series has just been so good. The game one was such a classic game, and it sets the tone. You know, you're excited for the playoffs to be on as an NBA fan. You go, oh, I want to check out Kings Warriors, see what Steph's doing. You watch that game, you're going, I want to watch game two. And then you watch game two, you're like, oh, my God, I got to watch game three. Mm-hmm. And then you want to watch Draymond come back in game Ooh. four. How's a response? So all the games, with the exception of game three, have been awesome games. Yeah. And, and, and all the angles going into a lot of these games as well, right? And that's why I, I, I love that the numbers back it up what all of us NBA fans are saying. Man, this is the funnest series in the NBA right now, and it really is. And I think, obviously, the Warriors draw so much of this attention, but you got to give love to everyone wanting to root on this Cinderella story with the Sacramento Kings. So there's one angle. And then on top of the Cinderella story angle, their product on the floor is fantastic. It's what people love to watch. When teammates like each other, teammates play with a fast pace, move around the basketball, and hell, they put up points. Points are sexy. Offense is sexy. And that's what the Sacramento Kings have been doing. Here's the other thing. What? When you turn on a game and the crowd's into it, Ooh. it grabs your attention. You're, I got What's going on? That crowd's fired up. When you turn on a playoff game and you see empty seats and it just sounds like just a game, you hear the squeaking. Yeah. Everything's kind of quiet. Ah, they're Wait. not into it. Why yep. am I into it? Yep. When you turn on a Kings Warriors game, oh, the crowd's hot. 
I'm love. I am loving it right now. And uh, yeah, I thought those numbers were really. Yeah. It's just cool. It's so cool to see for the Kings that a team that hasn't even been in the playoffs for 16 seasons. It's crazy uh, what everyone is getting to witness right now with this squad. Get off to a great start tomorrow. Yeah. Get 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 off a double digit lead in the first quarter. I want it all, and dude. Feed off the crowd. I would kind of like a laugher tomorrow. I know that's probably unrealistic. Wait, a what? A laugher where we're just like, <laughs> that was an easy one. That's not going to happen. I can, these games, <laughs> Morgan, these games have been too stressful for me. That's the one thing. Playoff basketball in the moment is so stressful. You're just watching it every, literally every play feels like it matters. Every, every play. play. Every decision. Oh, what about that rotation? it does. Well, uh, Kerr is putting him in now? What with Brown? Well, how Brown? How's Brown going to count? Because it does with this series. I, I I don't think that necessarily goes for every single series in the yeah. NBA right now. When I'm, I, I mean, just from what I've been watching, um, but I mean that is why playoff basketball is different. When you're playing one of the best teams in the league, or one of the best teams over the years, even they, and they understand what it takes to win playoff games. There's a switch that they can turn on. Can you match? Yeah. turning on your switch and, and how perfect of a game that you need to play. And sure, it's not as perfect as it used to be against the Warriors. You know, with the Warriors, it's like, if you want to beat this team, you have to play a perfect game. Well, this roster, they have their turnovers. They have their sloppy play they out their there. Flaws. They have their flaws. And it's been nice that this is the this is the Warriors team that the Kings are getting to yeah. get this experience against first. Yeah, and that's kind of how I view this series. And I, I know I've talked about talked to you about this. We're like, I want this series so bad. And you're like, yeah, but it's the first year. And yep. I, I totally understand that perspective. But I Still truly believe... I truly believe the Kings can win this series. I, you know what I mean? And that's what hurts me deep yeah. down. That's what this, hurts. This is a winnable series. <laughs> yes. It is. And it, it doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't. No. To beat these guys, it's going to take everything. It is. But it's doable. And I, I've seen enough flaws from Golden State. We went over the numbers with Steph on the floor versus when he's off the floor. We've seen the flashes from the Kings. I mean, even game three... The Warriors, they didn't really shoot the ball well. It was yeah. like they, the Kings got punked in that game. All the other games have been close. I anticipate this game is probably going to feel the same way. But the Kings have the pieces to beat this Warriors team. I did not feel that way before the series started. I did not. I thought the Warriors were going to win this series in a long series. But I was concerned with how they were going to defend Fox. Fox has been one of the best players in the playoffs. Yeah. He's been awesome. This is a winnable series, and it's crazy to say it. I just hope that the Kings can come through and handle business. <laughs> what? I, I'm just, I'm with you, and and just you mentioning that this is be this is a winnable series. That for me is what what crushes me the most when I'm watching these games. It's uh, I try to separate it a lot. But even watching that last game, you know, my duties with sideline, I have to be like in the tunnel for the fourth quarter, ready to go on the floor if they win, whatever. And I just like, you have to be on your best behavior and just like holding it in when, 
Harrison Barnes is missing that shot or, you know, a few last yeah. plays are happening there at the end. It like it hurts. It, my insides hurt. And so it's been really interesting separating um, a lot of different emotions from how we, you know, just break down the game. But truly, at the end of the day, yes, it's because this series is absolutely winnable for the Sacramento Kings that uh, it hurts the most some days. Yeah, Words haven't been tested like this a lot during this whole run of them being great. Yeah. Need Davion to play more minutes. Need her to knock down some shots. Mm. Need Fox to... I'm not going to ask for 38 points like he's done a couple of times in what, this series. What are you going to ask for? I, I can't even... I just... I ask that he can still be productive on that's, the court. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I hope for, you know? And Domas, that, do your thing, man. Do your thing. And then you need you need a bench guy. Who's the bench guy that's going to step up? You you said Malik Monk's the X Factor? Well, I don't care. Sprinkling Malik Trey or Trey, Bay. one of those guys has to be able to knock down a couple of threes in this game. Kings need a night where they knock down like 18, 20 threes. They need one of those... Crazy hot three-point shooting games. You saw glimpses of it in game four. I'm eager to see what it looks like in game Fans, five. Fans, if you're going to the game tomorrow, make sure to bring that confident energy in the building. None of that nervous aura crap going on. Just pure confidence and enjoy the game. The slay the dragon. Oh. You need everybody. Or get dramatic. I mean, you, you try to slay a dragon with like one guy with a sword. <laughs> What's that going to do? Well, it depends on who it is. I need 15. No, I need 18,000 plus ready to go to slay the beast. <laughs> that would <sighs> definitely slay the dragon. It's going to be fun. And we're going to be live after the game, of course, to talk all about it. We'll also be game at game six in San Francisco. Morgan, give me your final thoughts. Uh, Final thoughts going into game five. I think you said it best when you're like, this game is going to be... This Chippy. is the one that's going to be telling, though, mm -hmm. of how this series goes, um, who both teams really are. And, um, yeah, I, I just like I've been this entire series, truly just excited to watch some high-level basketball again. I feel so lucky that we are getting to experience this and that I have, you know, an honest rooting interest in this as well. Cute final thought. Oh, thank you. I'm going to end with this. Yep. A challenge. Mm, no. You 18,000 people going to the game. Mm -hmm. I don't need nervous energy. I don't need, if you're a casual going, that's fine. Oh, that's great. That's great. But I need everybody to be on the same page. It needs to be louder than game one. It needs to be louder than game two. De'Aaron Fox needs this. The Kings need it. And even if it's a little Warriors mini run, you got to keep it. You you have to bring Facts. the damn energy. You have to turn on the effing Jets. I want this place louder than it's ever been in its history. All people going, is this as loud as Arco? That's what I want from game five. You can control that as fans. Bring it. I know they can. I'm just elevated to another level. Oh. This is a game five. This could be the final home game of the season. Oh. 
Do you want to not give it your all on the final home game of the season? Great point. No, yeah, leave it all out there. I want you going to work the next day, maybe coughing up blood because you damaged your throat. Oh, God. If that's what it takes, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Yep, I if want you blood, blood coming out of your ears because it's so loud and blood coming out yes. of your throat because you're screaming so loud. Yes. That's if what you we don't, want. If you can't talk for a week and a half, Look, oh, well. But if the Kings win, it's worth it. Leave it all out there. Yep, that dramatic. <laughs> blood everywhere. Let's go. <laughs> we love you guys so, so, so much. But we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your evening. Sleeping. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.